with me to Romans chapter 7 as we're preparing to look into the Word of God. Um, as you're turning there, again, just want to thank everyone uh, for being here. I know it's a rainy day outside. Praise God. We needed a little outpouring of rain, but we're also uh, partaking of a little outpouring of the latter rain. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I was just, to be honest with you, I, I, tell, I tell Carrie everything. You know how it goes, guys. And uh, sometimes it's kind of funny. You know, you, you think, well, what am I going to preach, Lord? And sometimes we think we're going to go this direction, and all of a sudden, we go another direction. And so, uh, so anyway, maybe, maybe that's another time. But anyway, this morning, we're going to look at Romans chapter 7. <clears throat> We're going to read verses 1 through 4, and th then we're going to probably go all over the place, because that's what I do. <laughs> Amen. It says, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them who know the law, how, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman which has an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she's freed from the law, so that she be no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that you should bring forth fruit unto God. I just want to talk to you this morning about spiritual adultery. Spiritual adultery. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again, Lord God, for your divine presence that we have experienced in this place this morning. We, we have truly known that you do dwell in the midst of your people, Lord, as we lift up praises unto you. Lord, we have sensed your presence. We've sensed the moving and the operation of your spirit, Lord, from the moment that we stepped in here today. And Lord, we know that you don't dwell in buildings made with men's hands, but you dwell in us. And we're thankful, Lord, that you have gathered us together this day to hear your word. And Lord, we just ask you, Father, that you would let this word, O oh God, find good soil in our hearts, Lord. Let it be written upon the tables of our heart, Lord. God, that we may know the truth. God, that we may walk in this truth. And God, that we may continue to stand fast in this truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You know... <clears throat> The Bible tells us throughout the book of Romans and elsewhere that all men are sinners. All men are born under sin. All are born under sin. You know, uh, before I get started, I got to say this because so many, so many times, uh, because we've been preaching this message for a great period of time, we just kind of take for granted everybody knows what we're saying. And sometimes they don't really know what they're saying. What we're saying, they know it's the truth because the Spirit of God that dwells within them bears witness it's the truth. But it just hadn't become a reality of that truth just yet. And so what happens is a lot of times in our life, uh, we can identify the truth. We'll recognize it's the truth. We'll amen the truth. 
But when it comes for standing for the truth, we're kind of reserved, right? We're, we're kind of reserved, but, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but Paul did tell us to stand fast, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So what that means is this, if we don't remain staying put in the position that God has granted to us, uh, by faith in Christ and what He did on the cross, if we don't stay put, that means be remain stationary. Amen. If we don't remain planted in that death, uh, then, then what God wants to do in our life, He can't do. Amen. He can't accomplish everything He wants to accomplish in our life. And what He wants to accomplish is not only to impute His righteousness to us, but He wants that righteousness to be realized. And he also wants that righteousness not just to be realized, he wants that righteousness to become a reality in our daily walk, in our daily life, in our daily living, so that others may see the righteousness of God working in and through us. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. That's what the Lord desires to do. He's not looking for big name preachers. Amen. Hallelujah. He's looking for us to look to the name that's above every name. Amen. That every knee and every every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. But again, you know, a lot of times we take for granted that people just know just because they've been listening. And, you know, I never will forget this. I, I told Brother Voss this one time. I said, maybe we're just trying to sanctify unsaved folk. Hey, Jesus said, first, you've got to be born again. And the only way that you can be born again is first know you're born under sin. You're born under the dominion of the law. And the law was given not as a means of righteousness, but the law was given so that we may know that we are sinners and that we've broken the law of God, that, 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 that we cannot attain righteousness through that law either. Because again, the Bible tells us that the law is our schoolmaster to point us to Christ. So we need to understand that the, there was a purpose of the law and that was to teach us that we're sinners. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I, I mean, years ago, so many times I'd go to the jail and stuff and I'd tell those guys, you know, the law is like a stop sign. You know, it tells you to stop, but everybody don't stop at the stop sign. It takes faith to apply the brake. <laughs> Right? <laughs> and so in the same sense, mentally for us, we've got to realize that what the law says, it does not provide the power, amen, for us to overcome sin. Otherwise, the Bible says, for if righteousness come by the law, then Christ died in vain. He died for nothing. But my Lord, he didn't die for nothing. He died to set us free from sin, and he died to set us free from the law, the dominion of the law. But the problem is, is us. And Brother Curtis and I were talking just a little, a little bit the other day and in the sense of this. A lot of us, you know, the Lord, we, He doesn't desire mixture in this gospel. And the reason why Paul would stand and give us these letters, again, with truth and warning, a promise and warning, as Brother Dewey would say, over and over and over through the Word of God, is because God does not desire, He does not allow mixture. He doesn't want a mixture. He doesn't want a mixture, right? 
And so what the Lord is desiring to do in these last days is to keep this gospel pure. Amen. He's desiring. Listen, you and I, we're, we're not infallible. We got some flaws. We got some problems. And even, even us cross-eyed determined preachers, we've still got some things in our hearts and our life. We probably got some mixture deep down in there, but the Lord's wanting to root that up and pull that out of us. Amen. So that it not be in the foundation of our faith. But if we don't hold on to that which we have received, we can let it slip. I said, if we don't hold on, if we don't be steadfast in this faith, always abounding in the work of the Lord, meaning keeping our faith in the finished work of Christ, we can be moved away. And we've seen that in these last days. We've seen that with big ministries. We've seen that with popular preachers. We see that going on right now that what God has designed to desire to do in a, in a great means, in a great measure, the devil is also working overtime to try to pollute that which is of the truth of God's word. Uh, let me go back and say this again. He that speaketh for truth shows forth righteousness. Right? What was the rest of it? But a false witness, deceit. So if they're not preaching Christ and Him crucified, then it's not going to do any good whatsoever for you. It's actually going to cause harm to you, the body of Christ. Now look at this. Paul would say, Know ye not, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he lives. Amen. So he's telling us as long as we attempt to live by law as a means of righteousness, then sin is going to dominate you and I. Because the strength of sin is the law. The strength of sin is the law. Remember the children of Israel when God gave them the law? They gave it to Moses and they said, yeah, all, all them things you said we're going to do. Amen. They couldn't keep one commandment in the garden. They can't, we can't keep them today. Amen. Hallelujah. But again, we, we've got to understand that all men are born under the law. All men are guilty because of we've all broken the law. Hallelujah. Romans 3, 19 through 22 tells us, Now we know that whatsoever things the law says, it says to them that are under the law. Amen. Before we came to Christ, we were all born under the law. It says that every mouth may be stopped, that all the world may become guilty before God. What about the man that's never heard the gospel? He's still guilty. Amen. But God raises up preachers to go and sent to be sent so that they can hear the gospel of peace, which is the gospel of reconciliation. That's where Brother Curtis is. Amen. He's, he's, sending, he's been sent to preach the gospel to reconcile a lost creation into a holy, uh, amen, a thrice holy God. Hallelujah. But it says, therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. See, the law can only tell me, hey, that's wrong. And it can only tell me that's wrong. It can't tell me why it's wrong. It just tells me it's wrong. <laughs> it just tells me it's, it's something that's contrary to the nature of my God. Amen. And he says, but now the righteousness of God without the law, apart from the law, is made manif is manifested being witnessed by the law and the prophets. And we know the law and the prophets, they all testify of who Jesus Christ is, the Son of God, who came to dwell and live in this flesh. Amen. Hallelujah. God in the flesh to redeem us. 
us sinners, us who were born into sin, us who were born under the law. But it says, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, there's no difference. So we've, we know this and we've heard this, but, uh, you know, just like there were those that would begin to teach, and I'll give the name, John Hagee, who would teach a dual covenant theory. Even though many messages the man has preached has been about the blood, the covenant, the blood covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. However, when there's a mixture, when you say there's one gospel for the Jew and one for the Greek, what you're doing is you're mixing the gospel, you're diluting the gospel of Christ. And it's no longer the power of God at work. Amen. It's deceitful. Amen. I said it's deceitful. And what Paul wrote here in Romans chapter 3, uh, I believe Romans 1, 2, and 3, he was bringing out the fact, <clears throat> number one, that all men were sinners. All men were born under the law. All men were guilty. And he also brought out the fact both Jew and the Gentile. Amen. Amen. But he also brings to the fore here that there's only one gospel for both. Amen. There's only one gospel for all men, whether they be black men or white men. Amen. Whether they be Asian or Chinese. Amen. Or whether they be German. Well, no matter where they may be, there's one gospel. Amen. I said there's one gospel. There's no other gospel. Amen. Other than Christ and Him crucified. But again, we see here, but before the law, listen, before the law was given before the law was given again the law was given to prove to us that we're sinners but before the law was given Romans 2 and 12 for as many as for as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law and as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. So what's he saying? He's saying even those before the law was given perished, which proved that they were sinners because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So death proves I'm a sinner. Amen. Death proves we're sinners. Amen. Hallelujah. But again, we see here, amen, that even though all men are sinners, amen, in need of a Savior, His name is Jesus. Amen. I said his name is Jesus. For Jesus came, <coughs> excuse me, to save his people from their sins. Who's his people? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Amen. That's his people. Amen. God's not a respecter of persons. He's not a first church this and a first church that kind of guy. No, my Lord, my God. He's a whosoever will kind of God. Amen. I'm so grateful this morning. Amen. That in my sin sick state, amen, of being a, listen, of my sin sick state, of knowing that when I cry cried out to the Lord. He heard my cries and he delivered me <coughs> out of all of my troubles. I'm a little warm. Hallelujah. I'm just getting warmed up, Sister Robin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So again, who's his people? Whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10 and 13. But we see here again, in our in our Bible uh, study here, know you not, brethren? He says, "I I know you. I speak to them that know the law." I'm gonna quit stuttering. Maybe one day, Israel knew the law well. Amen. The they knew the oral law. 
right? The moral law, they knew it. They also knew their traditional laws. Amen. They knew the law well, yet they tried to attain righteousness through the law. Amen. And today, what we see in regard to the law is this, what the Lord saved us from. Amen. Yes. Amen. But what was sin then still sin today. Amen. What was sin then still sin today. Right? Amen. I said, what sin then was then is still sin today. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but we don't keep the law in order to try to attain righteousness because we couldn't. Amen. I believe it's Romans 8 and 3 for what the law could not do. Is that right? For what the law could not do and then it was weak through the flesh. God Sending his, by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, condemned sin in the flesh, right? He did something for you and I that we couldn't do. That's what brought us into a place or a position of being saved, being born again, amen? For the Bible says the ways is the sin of death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen? So if you're saved this morning, you need to know uh, what brought you into Christ, what, made, when, what took place when you were born again, amen? You need to understand you were baptized into the death of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross and he said it is finished he satisfied all the just demands of the law amen listen not breaking one law in any shape form or fashion he said it is finished <coughs> He said, it is finished. And when he said those words, what he was saying for you and I is, is you are saved. You were justified. Amen. In the portals of glory. Amen. God says, I see no sin in you. Hallelujah. Because of why? Because Not because of me, but because now I'm in Christ Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus this morning, not because of anything I have done in my own strength, my own power, my ability, but because I simply believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So when I called on Jesus, amen, not Mary, not the prayer hotline, not the Pope, not Buddha, not Confucius, not, the, not, not Joseph Smith, but but when I called upon Jesus, amen, he heard me, amen, hallelujah. I said he heard my cries and he came to save me. He came to deliver me and he came to set me and you free from the powers of sin, hallelujah. I said he came to do what we couldn't do, hallelujah. But again, we see going back to our being born again experience, Romans 6, 3 through 5. I know we're, we're saying a lot of things we're accustomed to hearing, but Paul, I believe it was be, uh, Peter would say, that I will put you in remembrance of these things though you once knew them. Amen. Sometimes we just need to get retaught. Amen. Sometimes we just need to hear it again and again. And again, that's, den that's denying self taking up the cross daily. Amen. Hearing it again. Hearing it again. Hearing it again. Hearing it again. Amen. We need to hear it again. Is that all y'all going to ever talk about? Listen, this is God's eternal covenant, which will be spoken and heard of for all of time and eternity. Hallelujah. 
He says, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death. That does not mean, amen, that water saves you. It means that when you were when you believed in Christ, the Holy Spirit, the third member of the triune Godhead, supernaturally took you and put you in Jesus. You couldn't see it. You didn't. You didn't know it. But you felt something because you felt liberated from the power of sin. That moment you got up from that altar, Amen, and from crying out to Jesus. Hallelujah. And I know you don't have to be in an altar. You can be driving down the road and call out to Jesus. You can be in the shower stall. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever the case. <clears throat> but Jesus is not a respecter of persons. <clears throat> but when we called on him, we were baptized. We were immersed. We were submerged into his death. And when I was placed down in him, I was fully covered by him. And now I'm in him. Amen. I said, now I'm in him. Hallelujah. And in him I have his righteousness. But listen, it says, therefore we're buried with him. See, we're we're, we're buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Listen, we should walk in newness of life. But so many times we have our place, our faith shifted to other things and we begin to walk like those Egyptians again. We begin to walk and talk like the world again. Amen. But if we don't identify with this death, that's what's going to happen. I said, if we don't identify with this death, that's what's going to happen. Look at verse 5 of Romans 6 and 5, 3, 5, 3 through 5. He says, For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. You and I have been planted not to be plucked up. Not to be plucked up. You're planted. You're planted. You're planted. You're planted. You're planted. And if you've been planted by God, you're planted to bear fruit. Amen. Hallelujah. But the only way for fruit to be produced is you remain, that you remain stationary, that you remain steadfast, that you remain holding fast. Amen. That's the only way. Hallelujah. If you begin to go another way, amen, you won't see the fruit of righteousness being displayed in your life. Listen, this is a healthy thing for every believer to examine ourselves whether we be in the faith. It's okay to say, where's the fruit in my life? Where's the fruit in my ministry? Where's the fruit? Amen. Jesus said every tree is identified by it. So it's okay to examine that. Y'all, come on. Okay. We're not talking about self-condemnation. We're talking about self-examination. What I, what I profess, do I possess? What I profess, do I possess? Or is it just a putting on a show? Amen. See? Huh? Amen. <laughs> there, there you go. See, uh, anyway, so when we heard the gospel, we believed the gospel, again, we were made dead to sin and alive unto God. We may not have understood that, but that's what took place. 
what took place, we were given a new nature, amen, and a new power source that now puts a bent and a desire in our heart that wants to live for God. We want to live for God. We want to live a life pleasing unto God. We want the cusser gone. We want the fusser gone. We want Jack and Jim and all of them gone. We want all that gone. We want it gone, amen? We want the snuff gone, amen? Amen. We want all that gone, but sometimes it don't come. It don't just disappear the way we want it to disappear. And then we'll begin to do what this person says and that person says and what that preacher says and what that preacher says and what that preacher says and... Huh? I read a I read a post just the other day about a, from a preacher and I'm not going to give his name, but he's supposed to be over a youth group and he had five points on how to overcome anxiety, how to overcome depression, how to overcome any struggles that you have, and how you can stand fast in the faith. His main key answer was prayer and praise, but it's wrong, and this guy should know better. But where there's a mixture, they don't know. But he starts out here. He Paul says in verse 1, No, you're not, brethren. See, there's one thing of knowing, and there are some that do know, but some's being willfully ignorant about what they know. And what they're doing is, I've got to ask the Lord to help me because I don't want to say anything to be wrong. But what some are doing are, they're prostituting the body of Christ for dishonest gain. That's what they're doing. Because we don't trim the truth in order to get a, bitter, a bigger offering. We preach the truth whether all the crowds disappear or not. Amen. Because again, what we're called to do is to be preachers of righteousness, not preachers of deceit. You can gain a crowd by preaching lies. Amen. You can, listen, you can preach, you can get a big crowd preaching lies. Mm -hmm. When you allow mixture in, that's what happens. But again, Paul, amen, he was called to set, he was set forth for the defense of the gospel. We're contenders of the faith. We're not pretenders. We're standing fast in this liberty and we're going to stand in this truth. We're going to love you if you embrace mixture, but we're not bending and we're not bowing because my Bible says that love, uh, listen, that <laughs> love rejoices in the truth. Love rejoices in the truth. Love don't compromise truth. The truth sets free. Amen. I feel that down in my bones. Hallelujah. But again, when we heard the gospel and believed it, we were made dead to sin, alive unto God, no longer servants of sin, but now servants of righteousness. You're called to live a right and holy life. And this book tells us a lot of things we need to do. But unless we go the way of the cross, which is the way the power of the Holy Spirit works in us and through us, it can't be accomplished. We will attempt to accomplish that which only Christ can accomplish. <clears throat> so again, we accept this truth on a daily basis in order to have a daily experience of God's righteousness working in us. Amen. 
And if you ask my wife, you'll know there's things in my life that's not righteous. But if you ask about her, I'll tell you too. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. All of us have got things in our lives that need to be removed, that needs to be changed. But in order for it to be changed, it can only be changed through faith in the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes the gospel is Christ and Him crucified. It's not just a term. It's not just a cliche. It's not just a mantra. It's just not a, it's not just a sign on the door. It's not just a t-shirt that we wear. Amen. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And for those of you that say you made it a law, no, the Holy Spirit made it a law. You're wrestling with God. You're wanting God to work on your terms, on your basis, according to your flesh and not the Spirit. Amen. God doesn't, listen, God's not working two ways. God's only working one way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Christ is the end of the law. Man, that's the end of the story. The old account was settled long ago. Amen. Hallelujah. So in my new position in Christ, I serve God. Amen. Listen, not through the law, but by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For if I don't, then what happens is that nature, the old nature will revive in me. Romans 7, 5 and 8 says, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law, amen, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. When we begin to trust in law, we we turn on the sin factory and we can't help but to sin. And then we want to say, the devil made me do it. No, the devil didn't make you do it. Amen. You chose not to yield to what God afforded you. Amen. You chose, amen, not to yield yourself to that which was once delivered to you. Because that once, listen, that gospel that was once delivered unto you brought your deliverance. Amen. I said that gospel that was once delivered unto you brought your deliverance, amen? And because it brought us our deliverance, listen, but now we are delivered from the law, amen? Hallelujah. That being dead, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in oldness of letter. We live according to the spirit and not according to the flesh because our faith is in the Christ and Him crucified. Amen. Our faith is in the way God works. Amen. The way God works. God works through His Son. Amen. He's not working in our church just because we say cross. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. But we need to understand all scriptures point us to that. All scriptures point us to that. Otherwise, they can't be applied in our life. Amen. Otherwise, they cannot be applied in our life. Hallelujah. Y'all okay back there? Amen. Everybody awake. Hallelujah. Even Paul would say it like this in Philippians 3, 7 through 10. He said, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. 
Yet doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung that I might win Christ. What's Paul saying here? He said, listen, all my original, all of my religious achievements, amen, my, my uh, you know, my uh, resume, my background, what is it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? My credentials. All my credentials as being as a, of a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin, all of that, you know, and sitting under uh, whatever his name was, Gamaliel, there we go, sitting under him, all that right there is dung because none of that affords me righteousness. See, the world says, well, if you get your doctorate in theology, if you'll get this and that, I'm not demeaning that, okay? It's okay. But understand, that doesn't make you more righteous than anyone else. Amen. I don't need your accreditation. I don't need your certification. Amen. I got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that bears witness that I'm a son of God. Amen. I don't need, we don't, listen, we don't need certificates. We don't need plaques and programs. Amen. We need the preaching of the cross because it's the power of God that will liberate us and set us free and keep us free. If we be not entangled again, with the yoke of bondage, amen. And again, I've got so much here and I hope I can cover part of this because what Paul was dealing with here in Romans 7 in regards to spiritual adultery, I feel the church has totally and completely ripped the pages out of the book and threw them to the side. And I believe my God is angry about that. I believe He's angry about that. I want to look at a verse. Look over here in Jeremiah Chapter 3. He said, they say, Jeremiah 3 and 1, they say if a man put away his wife and she go from him and become another man's, shall he return unto her again? Shall not the land be greatly polluted? But you have played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again unto me, saith the Lord. I'm not going to go any deeper into that, but I believe that is a prophetic word for the church of this hour right now. Because the church is playing the hardest against the Lord Jesus Christ, thinking it is no consequence for them to dabble around with new apostolic reformation, to dabble around with word of faith doctrine, to dabble around with all types of other doctrines other than the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Paul said that all men would be judged according to the gospel in which he preached. Amen. According to the gospel in which he preached. If your faith is not in that gospel, amen, you're in, you're in dangerous place. You're in a dangerous place, my friend. God is not allowing a mixture. He's not sharing his wife with anybody. He's not sharing his bride with anybody. He is, listen, he sent his son Jesus Christ to shed his blood in order to preserve for him a bride without spot and without blemish, without mixture. Amen. But we see here in the Bible, amen, where God's people, Paul writes this letter in the book of, of, of Romans in chapter 7 concerning spiritual adultery. He had to experience that himself. But once he went through that experience of understanding 
playing. I'm playing the harlot against the Lord. Amen. I can't allow other people to go the same way that I've been because God's not pleased with that. God's not working in that. God's not content with that. Amen. Because God, again, He saved us so that we would become servants of righteousness, not servants of unrighteousness. Grace does not permit a license to sin. Grace, <clears throat> grace does not omit truth. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth. Grace is always coupled with truth. Otherwise, it's not the grace of God in truth. Amen. Hatalabakaya, my Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got to get to my text. Woo. Verse 2 of Romans 7. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she's loose from the law of her husband. Amen. In marriage, in marriage, the binding contract is until what? Death. Death do us part. By the way, happy 13th anniversary this Monday to my wife, Carrie, and I. Amen. Well, the marriage contract is binding unto death. Amen. Amen. And again, knowing that all of us were once born under law, we were all born to die. Because we were born married to the law. We were all born married to the law. And all the law could do is produce sin and death in our life. Amen? <clears throat> Watch this. <clears throat> so as long as we live under that contract, which is the law, we're bound by that law. We're bound by that law. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. Because if not, you're still bound by that old contract. Mm -hmm. But he said, but if her husband be dead. Now understand, the law didn't die. But death changes relationship. So when Christ died and you died with him, there was a change in my relationship to the law. Now I'm free to marry another and his, the other is Christ. But now that I'm married to Christ, I'm not to go back to that old... I'm not, I'm not even to be flirting with it. I'm to abstain from the very appearance of it. I'm not to be dabbling around with that because I'm already married. And if I'm married and I'm looking to something else, I'm a adulterer. Amen. So we see here, amen, this Paul, he's given, this, given us this analogy. Amen. Again, the law is still alive and well. However, death changes our relationship. So when we were united with Christ through death, not water baptism, but through death, amen, when we were united with him through death, we died with him. And when and listen, when he died, he satisfied the just demands of the law. So guess what? I'm in him. So now I'm justified because of his death. 
Amen. Hallelujah. I'm justified because of his death. Therefore, she or we, you and I, we are loose from the law of, of our husband. The one that we were once married to, we're no longer married to. We got a new... Amen. Amen. We were once married to law, but now we're married to grace. Amen. And grace is so much more beautiful than law. Amen. Hallelujah. Because grace, listen, because grace not only brings us into salvation, it teaches us how to live. Hallelujah. I said grace not only brings us into salvation, it teaches us how to live, how to live godly, soberly and righteously in this present evil world. That's what grace is doing. Again, and we've said it before, grace is God at work. God, grace is, listen, God, grace is God doing something in us that we can't do. Amen. It's His ability and not our own. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where am I at? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're loosed from the law of our husband, meaning we're no longer married to the law. We're, we are united in marriage to grace because of that death that Jesus died made it possible for you and I to be dead to the law. Look at verse 3. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. Hmm. She shall be called an adulteress. We don't want to use that term anymore for some reason. Some folks want to make fun of us for being determined, but yet we, nobody wants to say anything about them being a spiritual adulterer because their faith is in the wisdom of men and not the power of God. Amen. Your spiritual adulterer. John said it like this. He said, little children, keep yourselves from idols. Idols. My God, he's still a jealous God. And he still, he still don't want any gods, no gods, before him. None. None. So if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, shall she be called an adulteress? But if her husband be dead, she's free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, but she be married to another man. Again, the death of Jesus and our union with him made it possible for us to become the bride of Christ. Amen. Soon and very soon, he's coming for his bride. He's coming. Well, they've been saying that for years. Well, it's sooner today than it was yesterday. Amen. And it's sooner in the minute than the next minute. Amen. Hallelujah. But he's coming for a bride without spot and without blemish. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because again, he alone could satisfy the just demands of the law. He died in our place. He died as our substitute. He did for us what we couldn't do. And again, we're now, now because we're in him, we're no longer married to the law, but joined with him in covenant relationship. Amen. We're joined with him in covenant relationship. Amen. Through covenant relationship, not to be in union with another. Uh, again, otherwise we're, spit, we're committing spiritual adultery. When the preacher says, you got to read this book. Sorry, we, we, see, 
the book might contain something that's helpful for you, but if you're not careful, the book might have something. Okay, let me go a little further. This book that is an expositor study Bible may be helpful and good for you to help you understand the meaning of the new covenant. But if your faith is in the book and where it came from, then your problem is right. It's all messed up. It's got a point. Listen, your faith has got to be in the one it points you to. Amen. Amen. So when somebody says, oh, you got to have this book, it might contain some things in it in regards to the message of the cross, spiritual adultery, the mechanics of the spirit, whatever the case they may be. But if our faith is shifted to that and not Christ, we become spiritual adulterers real quick. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm preaching a lot better than y'all, amen. And see, because we don't understand it. Sometimes it's the good things that deceive us. It's the good things that can deceive us. Mm. Sometimes it's the good things that can deceive us. So we're in union with Christ not to have a relationship with another. Paul told us to come out from the world to be ye separate. Well, how do we do that? When we were baptized into Christ, we were united with Him. We, 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 listen, we don't separate ourselves. We've been made separate by the blood. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We're in covenant relationship with Him by the blood. We're separated unto God. We're separated unto the gospel because of what He did. Amen? But we can shift or move or mix our faith with other things. Amen? There's a lot of things, I believe, that's competing for our faith at all times. And and at the heart of it all, it all stems from us. Amen? (laughs) The devil don't know everything about you, but he's a fisherman. He can throw bait to you. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's the reason why we got folks, amen, leaving the cross and going chasing demons. Amen. God ain't called us to go chase demons. He's called us to preach the cross and cast them out. Amen. We don't preach, listen, we don't have a deliverance ministry. Our deliverance ministry is the preaching of the cross. That's what, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Amen. The reason people leave to go to that kind of stuff so people can get their eyes on them and not on Christ. Amen. It's all to make a fair show in the flesh. That's all that is. Amen. It's to draw people to them. Listen, Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians 11 and verses 2 through 4. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one. Y'all got a Bible? Underline that one. Husband, that I might present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, but I fear lest any by any means, by any means, by any means, even that which is good, mm-hmm. by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, 
So your mind should be corrupted through the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preaching another Jesus, whom we've not preached, or if you have received another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. What Paul says in here, he's saying there is those that are mixing the gospel of grace with law. Amen. Amen. And anything outside of faith, the faith, the faith, the faith of the Son of God, anything outside of that faith is polluted faith. It's polluted faith. Again, Paul would write these words in Galatians 1 through 6 through 9. I marvel you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and to another gospel. What am I saying? I'm saying this, that if you commit spiritual adultery, every, you might be boasting in your ministry. You might be boasting in your name. You might be boasting in numbers. And you might boast in the past. But he says, I'm so, I marvel you're so soon removed from him who called you into the gospel of Christ unto another gospel. Another gospel. Which is not another, but there be some that trouble you. We're going to be called, listen, if you stay in this message, I'm not talking about this church, but if you stay in this message, you're going to stay in this church. But if you stay in this message, you stay in this church, I'll, I'll add that. But if you stay in this message, you're going to be called a troublemaker. You're going to be called the one bringing the vision to the church. You're going to, they're going to try to blame you in the name of love, in the name of not being mature enough. Amen. They can tell us to shut up, but we're not going to. We're not going to be silent. We're not going to shut up. We're going to keep preaching the cross. He says, because which is not another, but there be some that trouble to you which, and would pervert the gospel of Christ. We're going to keep the perverts out. We're going to keep the creepers out because we're going to keep standing fast in the liberty where with Christ... It's made us free. Well, Brother Don, you're not being very loving. Listen, love apart from correction is not the love of God. You don't, that's just an opinion. My Bible tells me that God chastens those whom he loves and those he don't love, he calls them something you don't want me to say. Mm -hmm. Correction is not, listen, correction is not a display of being unloving. Correction in righteousness is a good thing for you and I. Amen. It's a good thing. And at times we need correction and instruction in righteousness. Because sometimes we're dumb sheep and we take for granted. Sometimes we're dumb sheep and we take for granted what the preacher said because he's the preacher. He's the preacher. Don't take nothing for granted. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. This rings in my heart and my, my spirit all the time. Though we are an angel from heaven. God's not a respecter of persons. They might be lovable. They might be likable. They might be saved. 
But if they're preaching another gospel and they won't receive this true gospel, I've got to know down in my heart according to the word of God that if they won't submit themselves to that truth, eventually there's got to be a line drawn. If they're not preaching the cross, they're enemies of the cross. It's a hard thing to say, but it's the truth. We can't back up. We can't backpedal. We can't let up. We can't hold that back. And we can't remain silent. We've got to keep preaching this gospel. Amen. Because if not, the mixture will affect our hearts and lives. And we will find ourselves departing from the faith that we once held so dear. Amen. The Bible tells us the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, why do people draw back? Because of the fear of men. They draw back because of fear of acceptance. Listen, don't let other people intimidate you for your stance in the truth. Amen. Because the grace of God is going to be there for you to uphold you and give you the truth that they need to hear. Amen. I know it's not easy and it don't feel good not being liked. But God loves you. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God loves you. He's going to watch over you. He's going to protect you. Just stand for Him. Amen. Listen to verse 4 of Romans 7. He says, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another. Here's the other one we're married to. Even him, Jesus, who is raised from the dead, that we might bring that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Amen. How, so what happened was this through the law of God, the law of faith, we see the operation of the Holy Spirit working something through us that we couldn't do. Amen. Galatians 2 and 19. For I through the law. Am dead to the law. Can I say it like this? For I, through the law of faith, am dead to the law. Amen. I, through the law, am dead to the law that I might live unto God. The only way I can live for God, amen, is by abiding in Christ Jesus. Remaining stationary. Remaining in that death. As the Bible tells us, that's where we're delivered to every day. Amen. We might as well just go ahead and accept that. The sooner we accept that, the, the quicker we'll quit struggling. Amen. Amen. See, our struggle's not with God. Our struggle's with flesh. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because, listen, you don't want to fight with God. He'll win. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Ask Jonah. Hallelujah. So again, only as we abide in the death of Christ can we experience the freedom from the power of the sin nature. Amen. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under law, but under grace. Where are you living today? Where are you living today? Are you living by grace through faith? Are you saying, I must buy that new book? Don't you know I'm a media member? I got my certificate. I've had people actually tell me that. I said, fig leaves. There's no righteousness in anything we do. 
There's only righteousness in what Christ did. He shares his righteousness with us by simply placing our faith in what he did at Calvary. It's so easy a child can believe it. It's so easy a little child can believe it. But all too often we pollute it, we dilute it, and we corrupt it with our own ideas and our own thoughts. Again, I'm going to say this. Um, education is not a bad thing. But don't mistake education for revelation. Somebody has once said, repetition's your greatest teacher. I disagree. The Holy Spirit is your greatest teacher. And what he reveals to you, no man can take away. And what he reveals to you, no man can take away. And we can't boast in anything man gave us. Because now we can only boast in what God has given us. And Paul would say it like this, God forbid that I should boast in anything save the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom this world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. It didn't come through any other avenue, any other way, but through Him. i got to find a place to close here. I've got something here I know I want to say. <laughs> Extra. <laughs> There's, you just can't. You just can't not keep talking about the cross. There's just so much to be said. I can't say it all in one message. Amen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Let's just read verse 4 one more time. Wherefore, my brethren, you are also become dead to the law by the body of Christ that you should be married to another even to him that is raised from the dead, that you should bring forth fruit unto God. You can hear messages on love and peace and joy and patience, long-suffering, gentleness, and kindness, and whatever other topic you want to hear. At the end of the day, you're going to say, I need more of this and I need more of this and I need... I'm sorry, you may need all of that, but it's all found in Christ. You won't get it by saying, I, I just need more love. and You'll get it by abiding in Christ. You will receive the fruit of His righteousness. I don't know if we're closing with a song or not. Are we? Okay, come on up. <laughs>